on the Rebel Sports Network. From Learfield, this is the Marcus Arroyo Show, brought to you by Fenley Chevrolet. Fenley Chevrolet is your home of the Woo, located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones. And by Dos Equis, a proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. This is your home for the UNLV Rebels. Now, here are your hosts, Caleb Herring and the voice of the Rebels, Russ Langer. Steve Cofield in for Russ Langer tonight. Russ with his Aviators duties. Caleb Herring is here. Man, I've been looking forward to this, to talk football, like right on the eve of the season. And it is the Marcus Arroyo radio show. Coach is with us. Coach, how are you? Steve, what's up, man? We're back at it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, you know, I've been out of practice a lot. You're out there every day at your job, so it's a it's a it's a freaking grind. And when you finally get to get the to get the payoff, it's pretty cool. You asked me the other day if I was fired up, and I look back at you. I'm like, I am, but I mean, you guys are the ones who are who are fired up. You've been putting in the work. Yeah, man. We're, we're I've been gassed up, man. I like I think we mentioned the day. I I I love camp, man. I love practice. I love this time of the year. I cannot get enough, man. I'm an addict, so. Um, this is awesome, man. I'm, I'm fired up for our dudes. Yeah, I've seen you walk by uh, quite a few like post-practice activities, and every once in a while the position coaches will make guys do up-downs, and I think the, uh, the defensive line is doing it if they jump offside, and I remember you walking by the big fellas doing the up-downs, and you just had this like wry smile like, God, I love football. Oh, God, it's just so good, man. <laughs> it is. It just brings me so much joy and fun, and oh, I wouldn't want to do it anything else, man. So let's talk about the offseason because it's been a long offseason and there was a ton to get done uh, that included right. bringing in new coaches. We'll get to that. But you really you turned over the roster a lot. Yeah, we did. I mean, we added 30 guys, man. And when you got 105, I mean, it's not it doesn't take a mathematician to figure out. You're just short a third of your teams, you know, new from the end of last year, you know, and I think. Uh, you know, we encouraged. I said that at the end of the season. I was encouraged because we were young last year, and, and we turned a corner, I thought, in a lot of ways um, in those single possessions and who we were playing and a lot of winning moments in there that just, that just slipped through our hands a little bit, and those suck. But um, we added 30 guys that we felt, you know, we could bolster our, our depth with, our size, um, our maturity, obviously the ability to produce and execute. And, uh, and and so far, you know, we've just been really excited about a lot of these guys. And there's a lot of new ones. I mean, there's in the two deep, there's – I think eight guys on defense that are that are new and, and nine guys that are new on offense and the two deep on, on, on our side of the ball. So, shoot, man, we got a good group, man. I'm fired up for these guys. With that offseason, we talked about the strength program and Coach File, and we, we've obviously hit on that a little bit. But how important was that offseason, especially with the new additions, the, the younger guys stepping into their role? How important has this offseason with the, the weight room and the summer conditioning been um, to be able to hit the, the ground running in fall camp this year? It's such a big piece. Uh, it really is, Caleb. You know, you you did that, but I think the thing that's 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 hardest to see sometimes is how much time these guys spend in the off season nowadays. Like when we played, you went home, man. I mean, you were around. You were like the only guy. You were throwing with a couple dudes, and you had some things you put together. And coaches had some drop scripts and stuff. Uh, I mean, now these guys are here. They're here, and, and they're pay- and, and they get scholarships to be here. They eat to be here. We have meal plans for them. But I mean from January to July, man, and off season for these guys, I mean, they make such big gains. Um, I mean, in all aspects and not just, not just working out in bigger, stronger, faster. We talk about that a lot, but I mean, they just are together more. I mean, it's that, that, that ability to be around the, 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 the connection between the guys is just, it just gets that much greater. And I think in, 
us being so youthful and young in our program that we need every, all those moments count to us. I mean, those first 18 months of COVID has been, we're making ground up, man, and we're having to fight our tail off for it, but they are, man. They're, they're in good shape and they're ready to roll. They've done a heck of a job. I think because of that, it's something that we've heard, you know, being out there at practice during the camp, it's something we heard a lot and you've said it a lot. The coaching staff said it a lot as well as the players, the term player led, not coaching fed. And I think what you mm-hmm. talked about with the summer and all that goes a lot towards why that attitude has been that way during fall camp. First, could you touch in for the for the for the fans listening to what that actually means that player led coaches coaches uh, coach not coaches fed? Just touch on what that yeah. means and how you've seen that grow during this camp. Yeah, so that's been a huge emphasis because you know a lot of us coaches in here this a long time. We've been at other places and we've, we've a lot of us played too. I think the thing that, uh, that that makes the most sense, your first year with a group, first full calendar year when you're learning about all the principles and all the philosophies and all the structure and mechanics of how you put the team together in the course of a year, they're all just listening to me because they don't know. They're all listening to the coach. They're all listening to their parents. You know, kids listen to the parents about how to do something because they have never done it. That then moves forward. To move forward the fastest, in our opinion, they had to go from coach-fed to player land. So now they need to dictate what happens. They need to take control of it. And so I really pushed the onus on our leadership council, on the leaders, and made them more responsive. We brought in a special forces group that really helped us in the offseason, the guys that I've known of before. They came in and did a weekend with us and really helped uh, kind of illuminate that principle, probably better than we can as coaches, to our guys about, because they, t- they extracted us, they pulled us away from it. They made the guys go through a weekend and they had to get through it themselves. Like we weren't there to tell them how to get stuff done. They sure as heck weren't helping them. And they got to see friction points in our team that are just there because of lack of knowing each other, lack of leadership, lack of guys accountability. And then they put them in some really frustrating moments where you found out who was going to step up. How did they, did they, did they fight against each other? And so we've used that to catapult us throughout the whole off season and let them know we'll go as far as you guys go yourselves. We're just here to help you out and go and roll and push, and we're a piece of it too, but we can't beat the front. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. We were just talking about Josh McDaniels uh, this morning, actually, was speaking about putting his players at times in positions during the preseason where they may fail, but that's not a bad thing. Sometimes you have to overcome adversity. You'd rather do it now, and the way you just said that was awesome that, hey, you see how guys react. They're going to learn. Now, I wanted to ask you, when you have a lot of new guys, you know, you lose a Charles Williams. He was a leader. Julio Garcia was a warrior. He was a leader. How quickly can new guys come in and move to the front of the room? I think that's two parts. I think, I think the first part is you lost some, some real care, high character guys with some toughness and experience. And there's no, there's no substitute for experience in anything we all do. At, at your job or my job or playing football, just the more you do it, the better you get. That's a very simple principle I think we're all bought into. Then the character of guys, like you mentioned, that's where it comes to recruiting and that's where it comes to maturity and development. And those aren't, they're not all mutually exclusive. Sometimes they're hand in hand. Like you go recruit a guy like Jeff Weimer because he's going to fill a gap you lost in leadership, toughness, character, maturity that maybe that you have to fill a piece of because of Charles leaving or Julio leaving. And so you go do that. You grab an older guy like DJ Stuckey, who's played center, or Preston Nichols, who played left guard, Kobe, who's played big time football. And you start to grab these elements of like what you know you've lost and you try to do your best you can to uh, to bridge that gap. And um, and I thought that that's one of the reasons why we had to that's why we replaced. That's why we've had 30 guys come. There's just a lot of ground to make up for us in, in comparison to maybe 
you know, the 10 year teams were playing that we're trying to go toe to toe with. And that's big because I think we'll get into guys like Weimer later on because I'm a fan. Obviously, you mentioned his name. We'll talk about him a little bit more in depth later on in the show. Um, but also adding to that is the leadership that comes and kind of the transition that comes, not just adding players, but coaching staff as well. There's been some addition in the coaching staff. And I know, you know, there's it's been a smooth transition from what I can see from the outside. But what was the work like in transitioning into, you know, Coach Holtz and Coach Hayward? coming on staff now in, in key roles within this program, how how was that handled? How was it during the offseason? How did you make that adjustment seem so smooth, like I said, from the outside looking in? <laughs> oh, I'm, glad it looked, I'm glad it looked that way, Caleb. <laughs> Holy cow, that's awesome. That means we did a good job. Uh, first of all, we did a good job because we hired good people. Uh, we lost good people. I mean, we lost really experienced guys. I think the thing that you know, it, that was the thing that when you when you get ready to you prepare your life to do this job or any job where you're trying to go to the top and, and be the and, and try to run the show is that everyone tells you, man, the biggest thing you got to deal with. It's not so much what you're doing. Like we say it here all the time. Football's not complicated. People are. And so when you've got to replace your management system, your whole management system of kind of what you started, we only started it. We, went, we haven't been together that long in this building, let alone how long we've been here. To go through and go, all right, here's the whole season. Great. Let's look back on it, reflect, and then go, boom. Uh, your coordinator's gone. Your AT's gone. Your equipment guy's gone. All right, let's go get the whole – let's go get the leadership group back together and let's get the let's get the leadership, the coaches back together, and let's go find those guys, and we got to bring them into the loop. So I think replacing Nick – I think bringing Nick in, who I had a background with, um, and I, with both football and personally there, knew enough people and knew him, and then obviously a background with Keith, that was such a big deal um, because we got to get through some of the minutia of knowing each other and got right to right to what we needed to get done. And that was important because these trains go so fast in the world we live in, man. It, it, it's hard to kind of just you know, spend a lot of time to get to know each other and, hey, you know, where you're from and all that stuff. There's just there's unfortunately not a ton of time for that as you push forward. And then you had Bruno and BoJ, GAs, QCs. I mean, you had a lot of people in the mix, man, and you just got to keep rolling and do your best. To, I've tried to do my best. I'm, I'm guaranteed and perfect in a lot of places man and I, I probably have done a crappy job in some of it but we tried to do a good job of just being authentic with these guys have humility and let them coach and and doing enough background we feel like we can put them in position to, to lead it's the first marcus arroyo radio show of 2022 it's brought to you by pueblo medical imaging the friendly staff at pueblo medical imaging is eager to take care of all your radiology needs and offer same day next day availability with top of the line state-of-the-art equipment they're open seven days a week with early morning and evening appointments to accommodate all patient schedules. So let's talk about schedule. How about that for a segue? Mm -hmm. The schedule changed. Back in May, you thought you were starting off on 9-3, September 3rd. Instead, it got pushed up a week. Now you're week zero. The game's coming up this weekend. So what does that schedule change do the rest of the summer and then get ready for an early training camp for this game against Idaho State? <laughs> You know, I'm not experienced enough as a head coach to know what that what that really would do, especially Steve after a pandemic for 18 months. Yeah, right. That change felt like that change felt like just a, a rip in the page. Like, oh yeah, we're good. Just put some tape on it. Uh, we bumped everything up a week. You know, when you play week zero, um, you know you got to start earlier. So it, we had enough of a runway there uh, where we knew it was coming. Um, where we just moved had everything up a few days. Um, There's a buy behind us in week one. So we felt like, you know, if there's anything we needed, anything we could put back right behind it that maybe we didn't touch on, we didn't do that, didn't happen. Uh, we're, we're ready to roll. It wasn't too crazy. 
Tickets available, UNOVTickets.com. That's the Idaho State game. Get in price as low as 24 bucks a ticket. We'll take a break here. We'll come back on the Marcus Arroyo radio show, and we'll talk about the quarterback depth chart. I know Coach loves talking about this. Who could be the starter? But there have been some changes uh, over the last couple of weeks in terms of the depth chart. So we hit that next on the Marcus Arroyo radio show. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling on the coaches here, Caleb Herring, Steve Cofield. All right, coach, let's get into the quarterbacks. The depth chart comes out on Monday. You got co number ones. You got an or situation with Doug Brumfield, Harrison Bailey, Cam Friel right behind them. So let's talk about the decision to at least have this out there because we know uh, you're probably not going to announce the starting quarterback until Saturday, maybe right as the game is kicking off. Well, I mean, yeah, and that's always such a touchy subject, and it's never something I think I hope people don't take personal. I think the thing that, that that goes with it, and I think it's understated. The thing we've got, we've got, we've got one guy who's really athletic now, okay, and so um, we we take it. I got to take into account what it does to the team we're playing, um, and making sure that we're not giving anything away. I mean, one guy, one guy, we see Doug move and him around, and from our perspective in house and football. You know, you've got a lot of things that are going to go through a defensive coordinator's head if the fact that the quarterback's legs are very different. Um, if they can be a if they can be a force multiplier, then we don't take them for granted. Now, we've got two two or three quarter. We got all three quarterbacks done a great job in camp and have done a great. Dad, Doug, and Cam have played. Even Harrison's played in games. We've got proof of that. You know, and and football. Doug and Harrison done a great job uh, transitioning to this week. And I put them in a in a competition this week to be able to see who's going to handle now the game plan. Handling the offense is one thing, right? And then what happens in a week is, all right, we close the chapter on the book. Now I need to go, all right, now tell me what we're going to do based on how we do it versus this. Tell me what you've learned. What can you learn in a Sunday meeting and go out and do a 30-minute practice on Sunday and apply this? What can you do on Tuesday on first and second down and apply what, we're, what we taught you in camp and now what we got there? So that's why this week was big because I wanted those guys to compete and go, you know what, I can pick this game plan up. I'm going to be in here studying. I'm going to be preparing I'm going to keep elevating my standard. I'm not going to be comfortable going into a game week and go, all right, we're just going to run our offense because that's not how it works. Yeah, so that, that kind of answers one of my questions, which is kind of what are you looking for in a starting quarterback? And I think when there's a competition through fall camp, you forget that, you know, fall camp isn't really a simulation of what you're going to get game week. And I think that's an important point to hit on that maybe I did I overlooked and maybe fans overlook is that game game week preparation can make or break a quarterback's performance on Saturday and how you handle that is very different than the routine of fall camp um so that that's that's enlightening for me but um I want to go back to fall camp though because this this isn't the first quarterback camp that you've you've had with UNLV the quarterback room um but was there a point during this season if if this competition was different at all from past seasons or if there was a moment where you thought hey this guy's separating himself and maybe against your original plan, you thought you might be naming a starter before camp was over. Uh, well, that's kind of there's a couple things there, I guess, Caleb, to unpack. I guess um, I think you asked first was like kind of the call, what the quarter, what stood out. You know, I think with these guys that we were trying to see now, you know, who had the best command, who had the best demand, who had the who had the poise, who could be the most consistent, um, who could have explosive, who could be the most efficient, explosive, and the least amount of errors. And then who, who could have, who like wanted to will, I, I, I kind of want to see this camp, like I want to see who would will themselves to this position. Like I wanted to see this, like Rob was on him in that quarter record the whole time. They're kind of, these guys are all pretty, pretty good, really good. And they're all really young. I want to see if someone was going to like get really grimy and like get out there early or like stay in late or like try to do something to make it, you know, special. I think the difference in the quarterback competition maybe since we've been here is 
number one, I we know the guys. Like we just know them. We know Mike as people better. We know kind of they know us better. They know what to expect. We first got here. I mean, I remember sitting in that room and I'm trying to just introduce myself. I mean, that's a that's a there's a relationship quarterback and quarterback coach and system that's got to be that has to be really strong for guys to trust that you're telling them the right thing. I mean, I didn't know Kenny and I didn't know Max Gilliam. I didn't know Armani. I didn't know Doug was fresh here. I mean, Justin Rogers got him. I didn't know anybody. Right? We're trying to we're trying to teach each other who we are. So. Um, I went into this thing in camp, but we went into this thing knowing, man, this had a good spring. Um, summer, they looked good, and there was some leadership going on. I'm like, man, you know what? This is going to take camp. And then, again, this last week, I wanted to see, once I put down a scouting report, who was going to be able to transition the front, the protection, a couple nuances, the fastest and most efficient. And that's been this week, and it's been cool to see. And it's been, it's been cool for me to see, especially you talk about getting to know the guys. And I think you could see it during practice and the way you're able to be so much. And this may just be your, 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 your status quo during practice, but the attention to detail, the way you're able to coach and really get on the quarterbacks is very intense. And I don't know that you'd be able to do that, you know, or no, at least not know how they'd respond to it if you don't have that relationship with them. Because you're, you're getting after the quarterbacks pretty much the entire <laughs> practice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, we'll find out. <laughs> No, I just I think that I think Caleb, that's that's awesome here because I I don't I don't want to I can't remove myself from that situation. I, I and it has nothing to do with Nick or had nothing with Glenn or any of the guys I've been around. I've been like that for a long time, and Jeff was like that. Dirk was like that. I've seen Sean McVay be like that. I mean, we just kind of you get in on footwork and timing and, and the feedback loop of a, of a quarterback. You kind of teach them how that cycle of snap for a quarterback is so so important because you want to give them cues that are short and sweet, something they got to play, and then let's move on. And in practice, maybe it's do it again, but maybe it's not do it again. You got to do the mental rehearsal again. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a maniac, man, about about that stuff. And they they know it. And and seeing them respond to it is one thing, like you said. And then if they are we're comfortable together, then you know I can be a maniac, and they don't look at me like I'm got five heads. Like, dude, this guy's out of his gore. You know, they're they're dialed into what we're saying. You know. Yeah, and it, it, for me also with that demeanor and knowing them, it seems like you got a good room as far as. The competition is one thing. It's it's intense and it's meant to be. But just little snippets, like like I said, I, we we're not around during summer. We don't we're not in the dorms with these guys or anything like that. But just watching the way they leave the field, and I know there's there's something to that to say that the guys are able to go after it on the field. But when they're walking off to the training room after practice, they're laughing, having a good time, talking to each other. They they actually seem like they're a good group of guys. That must be a, a big deal for you as a coach to see that as well. Yeah, you try to. That, that, I think that helps feed the room, you know. And it's as it's not always like that. We, you and me both know that. And for mm-hmm. people who aren't in it, it's not always like that. Now you can have you got you, sometimes in the room you got a guy who just resists, who resists wanting to uh, be friends with the guys he's ultra competing with, you know. And 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 that's sometimes okay. Uh, but I think as long as it doesn't impede on the learning, and as long as it doesn't impede on my ability to coach them hard in, in person with the other people there then I'm good. But sometimes what it does is that the person that doesn't like the the relationship in the room, he doesn't like to then be coached because he has no humility from the other guys. And so then you run, then you run this whole climate that doesn't make it conducive for everyone learning. And then you got to fix that, but we don't have that. Um, We we try to instill that uh, from the beginning and and we try to make it a humble, a real authentic room, humility and starting with me um, about where I I could screw up, where I can be better. What do they think? I take a lot of their input um, and then we move. Marcus Arroyo Radio Show, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Hello, Las Vegas. Hello, Sunset Over the Strip. 
Intermountain Healthcare is here. They're here to be part of your Las Vegas life, and they're here to help you live an even healthier one. Intermountain Healthcare, official healthcare partner of UNLV Athletics. So we're going to talk about the quarterbacks a lot throughout the season. Let's talk about the guys behind them. And Aiden Robbins has come in and I think done a pretty good job of moving near the top of the depth chart. You've got experience coming back. The fascinating thing about this running back group is you've got guys of all you know, sizes, shapes, big guys, small guys. It's going to it's be a smorgasbord. Yeah, I mean, it really, it's going to be interesting how you use them in the offense because they bring a lot in terms of skill set. They do. They're they're again. We mentioned this earlier by committee because we didn't know exactly who was gonna who who was gonna rise to the top in regards to what we needed. Those shoes to fill are big with with losing um, with losing Charles, you know. But we think that we've got some guys who have been here who are mature who know who know the system. They've matured in the offseason, Courtney and Chad and, and Javon and Sammy. And then we really, and then we grabbed, we said, I wanted to go, you know, when we were going through the process, I said, I want, we're going to take one back. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes we were going back, guys were like, hey, let's take two because you may miss on one, right? It's the old draft theory and all that other stuff. I said, no, we're going to find one good one, great one. I bet we, I watched, I bet 70 backs in the portal or high school kids. And I bonked. I mean, the staff had to just be – I'm sure they were leaving the door cussing me out like, dude, screw this. I'm not watching this guy. I'm not bringing any more backs in here. <laughs> and we finally got – we finally – someone finally brought Aiden in. I, I stayed and I watched and I watched it again. I said, bring me more. I went back to high school highlights. I said, hold on. We might have something here. This might be it. And and, and he's he's been awesome. He's got size. He's he look, he's going to be durable. He's smart. He's he's a, he's a team guy. He's got a great maturity. Um he just fits us, man, and I, I think that he's going to – and he's got three years. I mean, he got some time to mature. He hasn't played a ton, so there's going to be the growth curve, and, and, and I think we're going to have some bumps there. For, but, for so, but so far, he has been, he's been awesome for the room, and the other guys have been like, well, we better step our game up, and that's, that's where the competitive juices start flowing, right? It's like, damn, okay, I better not be comfortable because this guy's come in and said, I want the ball. I'm glad you mentioned the three years because I've you know spoken to you after practice and I've said I you know I have no idea how long guys are here for like how, what their eligibility is because of the COVID thing. Aiden Robbins told us two weeks ago he graduated from Louisville, so he's, yeah, he he's, graduated. He's got he's a junior senior and got, he's got a junior senior COVID year. So. Wow. Yes, yeah, so he's he, gonna he's gonna get a lot of degrees. He's semi pro right now. Yeah, I mean, like, awesome. he, like, that's I mean that's great to get that much out of you know out of the three transfer years. portal. You know, that you, yeah. usually when you bring guys that transfer portal, obviously they're more upperclassmen, less eligibility, so you don't get as much time with them. But now he has yeah. the ability to, to stick around for a long time. Um, obviously, when we saw, you know, we get the, the report that he's reporting to camp that he, UNLV landed, you know, Aiden Robinson, you see his size, and that's the first thing that pops. Um, but you obviously having a more in-depth look at his film, more in-depth look at him during fall camp, he's got some surprises to his game that I think are, are much more um, – viable than just being a big back right yeah i mean you know the one thing we say a lot in our process we try, i try to find it i try to the coaches and we try to look at it we try to find a dominant trait you know what, what is it that you know is it just is he average at ever is it is all his traits average you know you're like okay well okay got it and and he had a dominant trait. he's he's got size and power and and you can't you can't coach it right he's 6'2 230 pounds and he'll run downhill and he showed he'll run i had film of him running over people and I'm like, all right, well, if, if that's what he's going to do, then he, he's on that. So the Dominic trait that when he got here, his flexibility, his balance, his body control, his hands, his ability in, in, in the hole to in small what we call foot trash and get around uh, without falling. Um, 
And then he had some, he had some speed that kind of, as he had some open gaps, he hit, I'm like, Oh, well, this is, that's, that's, that's not what I saw, but let's roll. So he was, uh, <laughs> he's done a good job, man. I mean, again, I don't want to, we're not building it. We're not building the statue yet, but I, to go in and find somebody like that after losing what we were all talking about with Charles just brings a, it makes you excited about, about the process. Coming up, we're going to talk about the wide receiver room because uh, great holdovers, newcomers are uh, making a lot of impact. Uh, Marcus Oreo Radio Show is brought to you by EOS. Up your gym game at EOS Fitness, a proud partner of UNLV. You can join today for as low as $9.99 per month. Come uh, or go visit them online. You can join online. Join EOS.com. It's EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Getting you ready for the 2022 season, which opens up at Allegiant this Saturday, Idaho State, Week Zero. Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. The coach is with us. Us, Caleb Herring, Steve Cofield, Russ Langer with the night off. So we're previewing the team. A lot of newcomers, fans are you know learning through social media and you know some of the TV stuff and radio stuff about these players. But coach is going to tell us more about him. So let's start with wide receivers because you had a lot of turnover in the wide receiver room, but one of your guys is back. He's a former Mountain West Conference uh, offensive player, offensive freshman of the year in Kyle Williams. But for me, Kyle is a guy who clearly is still working to get to the next level because last year was so freaking frustrating, as you called him, you know, the thoroughbred, and at times he just couldn't get healthy with the hammy. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that's part of it. I mean, everyone's got that deal, but uh, I say everyone because that's the whole deal, right? If you can stay healthy early on um, in your program, let alone the season, you got a chance. And and we got a guy like Kyle who's had to come in, and he had to play the true. He had to play as a true freshman. Had to continue to go. I mean, you don't have, you didn't have, we don't have a ton of depth, and so his body just never got a chance to acclimate to to, to the grind. I mean, high school to college football is so different. I mean. It's just the 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 the, the ground the, the the grind of it all. Let alone the reps and the style. I mean, for him to run that many routes in a given week, and you take that back to high school. I mean, it, it doesn't act. It, it's just not the same. And so, the beauty of adding depth, and that was a huge piece of what we wanted to do. And and our recruiting credit guys got Ethan Russo, I stole from Utah. And we really put our heads to the grind. And Kraus with our wide receiver coach, we said, "Look, man, we need to bolster this like the places we've been in the past, and we need to be." aggressive as heck getting wide receivers in here to help solidify this position with Kyle. And, uh, and we were, we were ultra aggressive. We did not hold back. Uh, we went for the elite of the elite. We didn't, we weren't going to settle. Uh, we knew did we want to be aggressive. And, 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 and I think we got some guys we were really excited about. Uh, talking about, we'll get to those guys in just a second. We're talking just real quick on Kyle, the physical side you touched on there, but what do you think there was also a mental element where he came in with, you know, maybe a heavier load than most true freshmen would. Um, and then that mental load, sure. now it seems like this year, this fall camp especially, he's kind of stepped into his own where, hey, I'm going to leader, I'm established, and I'm ready to be the guy for the team. For sure, for sure, Caleb. That, that piece is, is absolutely sure for, at, all, at all young guys at this game. When, and, it, and it sucks when we got to put so much onus on, you know, targeting him the ball, and he's got to make the play because it just proved that he, there's not many guys that, lost that can make it. That's heavy, man, especially early where you feel like everything's in your lap. You got to do everything. You got to make every play. You got to get open on every route because uh, it's just, other than that, there's not, you know, you're hard. It's tough selling. And, and uh, for him, I think there is that. Like, I can take a deep breath. I can grow. I can develop. I can still be really, really good and move. And I don't have to, I got some guys around me that can help. Um, 
that's the one thing in the receiving core that I think we've tried to really expand on the guys and say, look, it's great for you guys to all be great. They can't do certain things in the coverage. They can't double cover all you guys. We can manipulate where we put you. You don't have to run that route every time all day. You're not wasted on a go route and you're really a compliment player. You know, you're the primary on this and we can, we can do it another way. So um, I, I completely, it, that's completely accurate. And talking about the help, Seneca McKee, uh, he came over in the summer, really didn't get the spring like Jeff Weimer, who we'll talk about in just a second. But Seneca McKee, Seneca McKee was, to me, one of the pleasant surprises early in camp where he was a guy that got some moves and awes from his teammates coming out of the gate. He's done the dark hours. You can tell he's putting the work. Um, but he's one of those guys that I think shows the, the emphasis on recruiting, no, leaving no stone unturned. And then also his immediate impact when he stepped foot on campus uh, over the summer and into the fall camp. Yeah, he, no doubt. Seneca's been awesome, man. He's a, a Division II guy who had a ton of success. Uh, he was looking for a little bit more. Um, he was a mature kid from a great home. He had some traits we saw, and in regards to skill, we saw some things we had to polish. We just got to, we had to, it's a, that's a guessing game. Can you polish him fast enough to be an immediate impact? Um, you know, he's coming in as a junior. So, um, from spring to right now where we're at, he is by far probably the top three most improved players on our team. And he, and he came in pretty good, but he's the dark hours are what you stated. That dude has been here all summer. I mean, if he hasn't wore out a jugs machine and ramped up the electric <laughs> bill in this building by like tenfold, I don't know who else has because that dude is, he's been, and his attitude's been amazing. And, it, and it, it's reflective, man. It's not a secret. Success leaves clues. I mean, the guy's making some catches. You're like, dude, where was that this spring? Well, dude, he worked his tail off. I bet he caught 10,000 balls or something. Jeff Weimer is a uh, Juco who's into the program. He's one of the newcomers. He's also moved to the front of the wide receiver room as a leader. I caught up with Jeff a little while ago and uh, wanted to give you this conversation. He starts out talking here about some of the guys he idolizes, a you know good choice, as he talks about a, a Raider as a guy that he likes to follow. An NFL receiver I'd like to replicate my game off is Devonta Adams. I think that everything he does, whether it's come off the ball with releases, um, making everything look like it's a vertical to his snap downs, catching the ball. Um, all around his receiver play is something that I look up to and love watching play and try and take something and add to my game. Um, as far as training, you know, we have Coach Krause who really demands a lot from us, which is great. Um, back home, I have, you know, coaches like Maurice Mann who's brought me up from a younger age, teach me, teach me the mentality of wide receiver play and work ethic and what that takes. Um, and even a coach that, uh, Coach Grant out of, uh, when I was at City, linked me up with Coach uh, Lavelle Hawkins. I really started getting me into the wide receiver play, going up to Stockton and uh, learning a new, new way of playing receiver or a new philosophy that uh, I think demands the most out of myself. And, and wide receivers all mentality. So um, as much if I can take anything for, away from anyone that's great at what they do, that's what I'm trying to do. So um, all of them have helped me kind of get to where I'm at now. And what's great about them is they're pushing me, and I'm pushing myself to keep you know, pressing forward. I think it's just morale. I mean, our receiver room, are, we're very close together and it's a lot of fun. When you have a close group like that, it's, you, I mean, you get to wake up and be excited to go work with them guys. You know, we got guys like Seneca McKee, Kyle Williams, Ricky White. Like I wake up each day, you know, excited to go with them, you know what I mean? And go work. So uh, um, that's been been a great translation. And they also, you know, welcomed me in with open arms as soon as I got here. So it's been, been a lot of fun. Why did you pick UNLV? I picked UNLV because I, you know, I believe with what Coach Royal was saying and, and the standards that he was setting. Um, that's big for me is um, the standards you have not only 
in the wide receiver room but in the team. And uh, his standards were demanding of excellence and excellence and what it takes to win. And coming from somewhere where you do win, that's what um, I was looking for when I was going around looking, looking at school. How did you wind up in uh, JUCO? You went to a different school than San Francisco, yeah, right? So and then you had, you had a year off in between, right? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, everybody's got different backgrounds and stuff. For, but uh, for me, out of high school, you know, played at Salinas High School with Coach Zank, loved it, um, pushed myself real hard, but just wasn't good enough to, to make it out. So went to a junior college in my hometown, called Hartnell Junior College. Had a couple good seasons there, two seasons there. I got hurt the second season, uh, so I medicaled. Um, and similar thing, just wasn't good enough. Um, so, you know, you have to come to terms with that and learn, you know, all right, well, I got to push more out of myself and get myself to where I want to go. Um, and during that offseason, uh, Coach Collins and Coach Grant hit me up at City to come out. So that's how I ended up over there. So with City, uh, Marcus, where I was talking about, you know, kind of a, a winning attitude, a program, what you guys yeah. bring. Can you can you bring that from a junior college to a Division One program, an attitude, a winning Definitely. attitude? Yeah, I believe so because, uh, I mean, no matter what you do, if, if you're demanding the most out of yourself and the people around you on what it takes to win, um, I don't think it matters where you come from, who you are, anything. You know, that's what's awesome about football. If, if you're coming to help the team win and do whatever you can, then you can come in and help any way you can. And I believe, you know, coming from somewhere that demands excellence and winning, uh, coming here has been, you know, a great trend, you know, coming in smooth and then also demanding the same standards to the guys around us. What would you tell receivers who were in your position? You didn't have a Division One scholarship. Seneca's yeah. from Erskine College. Yeah. I believe it's kind of, it's outworking anybody around yourself and demanding and getting the most out of yourself and being where your feet are. Because I've, I've gone through, you know, hardships just like everybody has. Um, but in those hardships, I learned that, all right, this is where I'm at. What can I do to get out of this right now? And this is where I'm at right now. I'm in junior college. Um, don't start worrying about where you're going to be because then you start not worrying about the day. All I did was worrying about each day, how do I get the most out of myself, my teammates, how do I help the team win, um, and trusting that and being confident and knowing that everything will happen out the way I know it will, um, but just continue to work my ass off and, yeah, and being in my feet. There he is, Jeff Weimer, one of the new receivers. Marcus Oreo radio show. Coach, uh, has Weimer delivered most of what you thought he could? Yeah, he has it and, and more. You know, I think you just hope that you get – you hope when you meet a guy in the, in the, in the short time you do in recruiting, uh, especially a guy like that, um, you're recruiting in the, in the immediate availability. You're not recruiting a kid that's two years out. You're not recruiting, you know, a quarterback you're watching for three years. You're, like, get to know him really well. You're recruiting a kid. You're like, man, if we take him, we got to take him now, and he gets to come. Um, and and he's done all that, man. He, he really has. He's mature. You can tell. Every, you come out and you talk to him. He's got great character. You know, he's just there's zero fraud about Jeff. And I think that that's the thing that that our that our teams recognize and what, what we're trying to ask and demand of is, is you can only fake it for so long, man. And, and when you're when you're trying to set standards that are really high and do something that's got such high stakes and it's so hard to have to be successful all the time, you can't fake it. And Jeff don't fake nothing, nothing about what he is competitive. <laughs> he's got no flinch. I mean, he's a workhorse, man, and he is. He's brought a winning mindset. I mean, the mindset up there at, at City College, you've been there, man. They, they demand, they expect to win. They expect to win every game. You watch them warm up. You watch them coach. You watch them. It may be a little wild and maybe some junior college habits, but at the end of the day, their mindset as a team, you can see. And I think uh, we, we kind of expressed that. We met. He was at our camp. Like, I think we explained how we got found him. He came to camp, and he just beat everybody, man. I mean, he beat every DB in 101s. He wouldn't stop taking reps and pull the guy out. Like, dude, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't care how many offers this guy has. I don't care where he's from. I don't care what his last name is. I don't care anything else. 
if what I'm seeing is who this kid is, we're taking it. I don't give, you know, it's a done deal. On the way back, we're going to talk about that uh, iron sharpening iron because the defensive backfield has a lot of newcomers, has some great holdovers. So we'll break down the defense right here on the Marcus Arroyo radio show. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Today's show is brought to you by Yes Heating and Cooling. Summer is almost over, which means UNLV football is back, and it's tired of time to uh, fire up the furnace on your home. If your heating system is having trouble coming out of its summer hibernation, give the Yes Man a call to get your system tuned up. Call Yes Air Conditioning and Plumbing, 702-888-4937, or hit the web at theyesmancan.com to set up an appointment today. So we were just talking about the wide receivers coach, but the uh, boy, the cornerbacks pretty loaded, pretty loaded. A lot of newcomers, but it all starts with Noel Williams and Jare Williams as leaders. Even though Jare didn't get the play last year, yeah, I mean, there's that 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 defensive back room um, is is quite a group, man. There's a bunch of really uh, really really good players in there. Um, you've got a handful of new guys, you know, but you got you got guys like like Noel and uh, and Cam who played. And then you've got guys like Dre who was with us, you know, and, and play and did an awesome job at camp to find out we couldn't play him and to sit out. So he was a big piece of our program, but didn't play. And so, um, and he's a big leader for us in, in a lot of ways, especially the the mentality of our, our that side of the ball. And so it, it's awesome to get him in the mix, to add him to Jono and Noel and Cam. And then you got, I think, what, six guys, six guys that are going to be that are going to be, uh, you know, on, on that travel roster, ready to roll, and and and, and that uh, I think five guys, LPJ, I think Morgan, if I'm naming them off, we got Trent Holloway, Chris Williams, and Donye Dixon. I think are a few. If I got them all there, um, you got Kilinahe. I mean, there's a handful of guys. Devin Walden was already there, but there's five guys that are in the, you know, in the two deep are going to hopefully have to add a depth to us that uh, they can play but are new. And so it's a great, it's a, it's a, it's a great room. They're, they're, they're really uh, pushing each other. And with getting pushed, the competition is always one of the most fun things for me as a former quarterback to watch was the DBs versus the wide receivers. Uh, we talked about how the wide receiver room got bolstered and it's more competitive, you know, on that side of the depth chart, but the adverse effect that it has on the defense, you know, I, I've been at practice seeing Noel and, and Kyle taking the reps one-on-one against each other. And that competition mm-hmm. has sharpened each one of them. What does it do for the secondary to now have, you know, bombs away from the offense with all these receivers coming in and making plays? How, how good of a look does that help them get as far as improving them down the line? Exponentially, Caleb. You know, I mean, we, you know, you mentioned, I think Steve said it, uh, leading out was iron sharpens iron, something we've talked about because one of the first slides I showed the group was the cornerstone of kind of our program, and that's the talent acquisition. I showed the whole team. Like, I showed them, like, hey, Here's who our roster was, and here's where it's at. Just so you know, there's dudes in these chairs now that are going to push you. They're going to try to take your job. They're going to make you better on the other side of the ball. And I'm excited to see you guys embrace this. And they have, man. Got, I mean, that that DB wide receiver matchup is one where it's been aggressive. We have been we've been aggressive pushing them. We've been aggressive them getting getting toe to toe with each other. And we didn't have that before. And and it's hard, man. That that's hard to do. It's hard anywhere, not just here, but anywhere. I mean. You got a young group that hasn't played much, and you all of a sudden you throw them out there with five wide receivers from Fresno that played three years together with a fifth-year quarterback, and you're like, "Man, that's gonna be that stuff sled. Uh, you, you can't you can't emulate it, you know." Let's talk about recruiting just to, for a second here. The connects on some of the guys you just mentioned. So, Jare Williams was a Jacoby Winman 
connection. Jeray's story is amazing, and we do a podcast every week, the UNLV All Access Podcast. So we're gonna have a conversation. I had a long one with Jeray, and his backstory is great. And then Seneca mm-hmm. has this connection to Tyson Player. Um, if you guys weren't willing to listen to players on your roster about players not on your roster, you wouldn't have these guys. No, that's a that that's a big deal. We uh. We're not afraid to do that at all, Steve. I mean, if players have a relationship, I mean, you got Davion and Preston, you got Ricky and Harrison, you had Jure and, and and those. I mean, those things are uh, those are more those are happening more and more. I think because guys, first of all, guys like playing with each other, but there's guys out there. These guys grew up around each other. There's they they are seven on seven teams for so long. Um, whatever it may be, I mean, they've got as they've got as crucial information as a recruiter as anybody. They can tell you about that kid and. Obviously, you got to trust the information you're getting, but I mean, you've got a relationship there that you can use to your advantage as you get to know these guys who may be out there, you know, and you get to see them kind of be around each other. How do they act? Um, can they make each other better? Do they do they have you know they're away from home? Some of them they they're better. They feel better being away. I mean, that's one thing. They're in college. We were in college at one time. Shoot, you know, being away is is more comforting. We got someone who you know knows where you live, or where you're from. So those are those are important factors for sure. Marcus Arroyo Radio Show right here on Wednesday as it's the debut edition of the 2022 Marcus Arroyo Radio Show brought to you by SNWA. Rebel fans, Lake Mead is at historic lows. you got to change your watering clock to three assigned days per week, September through October. It's the law. Find your fall mandatory watering days at SNWA.com. Before we get to a little more on defense, let's start breaking down Idaho State here, which this is – Fascinating because they've got a new coaching staff. Uh, there's not a whole lot of traditional scout methods here because there's not a whole lot of film available, right, Coach? <laughs> no, no, we, we've got we've got grimy around here, uh, which you know it's funny. I, we mentioned sometimes. And I think I mentioned when you were out there sometimes, Stephen. I think you, know, you kind of laugh. I'm like, hey, you know, certain video could hurt us. Well, the reason we the reason I say that about video at practice is because I'm doing I've been doing that for the past like four weeks. I'm trying to find out Twitter and social media and 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 any kind of uh, you know anybody find a drone over you know certain areas <laughs> of the country or something. I'm trying to find something that could just go okay. What's the front? What's the coverage? What you know? What are they going to do on offense? You don't know. It's an unknown. Now that's that's that, kidding aside. Um, that that happens on occasion. What it doesn't. It's just hard to get some film from Butler. And then Charlie coming from Cal as a special teams coordinator. So you got some of that stuff. Um, the offense, we're just piecemealing some stuff together, but trying to get anything we can. Um, there's going to be some adjustments uh, for sure that we're going to have to make in game one, similar to kind of what we're watching with the NFL right now in preseason, right? Kind of going in and watching guys going, you know, what, what offense they're running, who's in, and stuff like that. But um, that's part of game one, man. Game one is who can make the least amount of mistakes, who can believe and adjust and finish. And, and uh, going against Idaho State is going to be a, gonna be, uh, a good one. When you look at kind of the turmoil, the transition that they have going on, does it at all make you think, obviously COVID was a different animal, but it is, does it at all make you think of, I guess, a more or less stable time where you were in those shoes, where you were trying to piece it together um, and, and get something out and maybe uh, put something together for the fall that, that would be similar to what you do? And then look at yourself now compared to then. Is it night and day for yeah. you? It's not. I can't. I can't. I can't speak for them. I, I haven't had a chance to even think about that kind of perspective. Probably, you just mentioned that. I'm like, I didn't even really think about that. I've been so, you know, as an ostrich with my head in the sand, trying to get kid us going. <laughs> um, I I do feel like after you know the first 
calendar year that I could pull out some things and go, hey, you know, hey, remember we did this there. Let's make a little tweak here at the time. Let's do a little more time here. And we can make some of those adjustments so much more fluidly, let alone the fact that, again, like before, just the minutia of, of just not having to tell guys what time to be here or track them down and stuff is just so much better. So I do. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I have a lot of humility for, for starting things up. Um, I hope no one has to do it in a pandemic for 18 months and, and ever again. Um, <laughs> but I am very excited for, for the second go round in training camp and, and where our guys are and, um, and the excitement to build with these dudes. That was the coach's look ahead to Idaho State, brought to you by Pueblo Medical Imaging. Rebel fans, Pueblo Medical, excited to introduce new feature this season, and it's all brought to you by Pueblo Medical Imaging, the uh, coach look ahead at Idaho State. So let's uh, close out with a couple of remarks about, uh, first, the home environment. Uh, you get a chance here, two out of the first three games, to play at Allegiant Stadium, so should be a good show. And as I mentioned earlier, tickets as cheap as 24 bucks. Yeah, fired up, man. I mean, it's, uh, again, to get back in our house, uh, to get these guys out there, hopefully get as many students and communities as we can to support our players and, and, and to put a, to put a, uh, a start and cap to this, to this whole thing, man, it, it fires me up. And I know that the, the, the better we play and the better product we put out there, the more, the more fired up people get. But um, I'm just excited to, be, to have that opportunity to be in this city that, that we call home and, and to be with these guys. They're, they got a chip on their shoulder. They're hungry. They've got some scar tissue built up for this one, and uh, and I can't wait to ride in there with them in, in our home stadium. Man, it's gonna be a blast. Dude. And a noon kick. How about a noon kick, man? How about that? <laughs> That's college football, God. baby. That's college game day man. stuff. There, I love I will, it. Oh, oh, but I yeah. can't believe it. I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna know what to do with myself. In that it's three a.m. breaking down film and sleeping <laughs> in my chair in my office. I'm not gonna know what to do. I'm gonna get creative. I might have dinner that night. <laughs> there you go. The subtle things that? people don't realize. Holy that's cow. that's that's a luxury during season for a head coach. Uh, when oh. you when you think about it, this town has, do you feel the the sense that this town has become a football town? I know it has maybe a lot to do with the Raiders and you know things getting exciting around the Rebel program. But do you feel kind of the energy building in Vegas in the anticipation for what this year will be for the Rebels? with that kind of a football town vibe now that the, that Las Vegas has going. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Caleb. That's, that's one of the reasons that we, that we've had this vision about this place. Um, I, I've loved it, man. I mean, I've just seen what, what, it, what the sports is doing to this town and what the people who are, are pushing the envelope uh, I've created. I mean, it started, we talked, started the conversation with the Knights. I mean, it moved forward in at UNLV with what there's been sports here that have done it. You know I mean? Lindy's doing it. I mean, the, the basketball's done it before. Golf's done it here. Soccer did it. Swimming's done it. And they're watching the Aces. You watch. I mean, I'm watching all of them, man. I'm watching the Raiders. I'm watching what Mark's doing with everything else. I mean, dude, I'm I'm on the train, man. I'm not trying to leave. The guys want to get on and ride like everybody else and and be part of this movement, man. And I think our guys are in the same boat. I I, I really do. We can fly. You can fly all the flags you want as long as they're Vegas Vegas sports teams. You might see me with all the gear on at the game. So, um. I'm fired up, man. I think I think it's going to be it's something special. I think it's, I'm, I I do. I love this place right now and the movement, and I think it's going to be something fun. Coach, we appreciate it. Good first show, and we'll see you out there on Saturday morning. Sounds good, guys. Talk to you later. There he is, Marcus Arroyo, the head coach of the Rebels, the Marcus Arroyo radio show. Closes out, remember, Saturday pregame with Caleb and Russ, and I'll be down on the field. That starts up at noon for the 1230 kickoff against Idaho State.